Hey guys, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby, and today is a very exciting day because the very first Lash Boss will be here on the show for an interview. Crystal is a very good friend of mine who I've known for a couple of years now, and she is just so inspiring, and she always has the right thing to say, and I just love hearing her take on everything. So Crystal is an artist. She's also a trainer and a salon owner in Chicago. She owns Ink Beauty Bar. Most people know her as Lash Chronicles on Instagram. She has a lot of insight and just has a wealth of knowledge that she loves to share with people. So here we go. So Crystal, when did you decide to enter the lash industry? Um, so I had wanted to get into the lash industry for um, a few years before I actually got into it. Um, I have this this really, really vivid memory of me sitting on my couch one day and just Googling eyelash extensions. I can't remember what prompted me to look into it, but I, I started looking into it and um, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do this. And it was like let's see, I've been doing lashes for almost six years now. And so that was maybe eight years ago, maybe a little bit more, actually probably a little bit more, but anyway. Um, and then I realized, wait, you have to be an esthetician or a cosmetologist to do this. So really, really long story short, I wasn't um, an esthetician or a cosmetologist at the time. And the relationship that I was in, um, wasn't the greatest. And, and the guy that I was with wasn't super supportive. And so he was like, what are you going to do? Quit your job to go do eyelashes? Are you crazy? So because of that, I kind of put all of that on hold and didn't really do anything with it. Like I looked into beauty schools and I really tried hard and I would come home from work and be like, look, I found this school. I can go at night and I can do all these different things to try and make this work. And he just kind of was like, there's no way it's not going to happen. Like, this is not a good idea. So I kind of just pushed it to the side and kind of let the dream die for a little while um, until I finally left him and was able to pursue that. Nice. So you, you're now married to someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) did he help you? Like, did he support you? Um, or did he come in later when you were already an artist? So I met my husband um, actually one month after I left my ex. And um, I actually was already in beauty school. So, um, well, no, actually, I was like maybe two months after I left him. And I was in beauty school at the time. So when I finally decided that I was like done with the relationship and Um, I was going to leave. I was living in um, Connecticut at the time and I was going to move back to Chicago. I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm starting over. I think I was like 26 years old. And um, I was like, I'm just going to get a fresh start and start my life again. And so I called my dad and I was like, I need to come back home. Um, And I moved in with my parents at 26 years old Mm -hmm. and um, went to beauty school. And my dad was like, look, do what you have to do. You lived a really long time um, living for somebody else. And I was with him from when I was 19 years old. He had two kids that um, I was helping, you know, co-parent with. And 
they they had a mom in their life as well so it's not like I was full-time or anything like that but I spent a lot of my youth helping raise children and and having a family life which I don't have any regrets about or anything like that but um I didn't get to do much for myself so my parents saw that and my father was like you know don't don't get a job just live in our house you don't have to pay rent you don't have to pay bills you don't have to do anything just go to school and focus on what you want to do so that was really really awesome um so I was able to go to beauty school and and finish school without having to worry about you know all of the you know normal worries that you have as an adult um having to pay all of these bills and all of these you know crazy things that come along with basically starting over and you know leaving a situation and and starting fresh in a new city even though I grew up in Chicago I was still starting over because I hadn't lived in Chicago for over four years. So, um, yeah, but then I met my husband about a month after um, I had started beauty school. So, but I hadn't done lashes until like, you know, maybe a year or so after I finished beauty school. So he was there at the beginning of my lash career. Um, So as a new artist, whenever you were first learning, did you look to anyone for inspiration or did anyone like kind of mentor you? Um, I wouldn't say that I had, um, many mentors in the beginning. I know when I first started doing lashes, Instagram wasn't what it is today. Um, so there wasn't a huge community. What there was though, was this forum online called wake up in your makeup. Mm -hmm. And I found it because I had a client, I just started doing lashes and I had a client And she was allergic to nail polish and she wanted to know what the ingredients were in the adhesive that I was using because she wanted to know she was going to be allergic to the adhesive. And the the ingredients weren't on the bottle and they weren't in my manual. And I was so new that I didn't know where to find it. So I started Googling it and I found Wake Up In Your Makeup. And I started just like, and that's where I think my my passion really, really grew finding this community of artists that were kind of talking about the real nitty gritty of what we do and some of the science behind it. But I remember one of the first artists that I started to look up to was um, Ria Juntas. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. (laughs) But she still is um, today one of my, um, you know, top artists that I look up to in the industry, I feel like she is such a wealth of knowledge. Um, she was a nurse before she got into the industry and, um, she's so, so smart Mm -hmm. and she's super, super talented. And I just think that she doesn't get enough credit, but she's also really low key. So she kind of stays behind the scenes. Yeah. She does Kelly Ripa's lashes and that's huge. And yeah, she's super helpful. I know that she's like always, I don't know. I used to see her back in the day, especially commenting on stuff. But yeah, she she kind of stays um, a little bit more mm-hmm. quiet these days. Um, I've I've had the opportunity to meet her a few times, and she's so nice. She's really really sweet. Um, so I really really like her a lot. Um, outside of of course, you know the the really big names in the industry mm-hmm. right now, and you know some of the people that are my friends that. You know, they're my friends, but I I look up to them, too. But, um, yeah, she was probably the first 
I would say. Whenever you were learning classic, what was something like a piece of advice that you got that made it really click for you? I do remember, though, that the one piece that I took away from my training that um, I'm super grateful for is being taught never to overextend the length um, of the extensions on the natural lash to, you know, prevent damage. So that was something that always, always stuck with me. And, um, I think that, you know, some people, you know, go back and forth and say, oh, don't go longer than two millimeters or don't go longer than three millimeters. Or some people say, don't double the length of the natural lash. And I stick really, really hard to no more than two millimeters longer than the longest natural lash. If I really, really have to for some reason, because their eyes are super deep set or there's some strange reason that I need to correct for that I have to go longer than two millimeters, I always step down in diameter. But um, I guess that was the one thing that really, really stuck with me from training. But I'm a huge, huge fan of short lashes. Mm -hmm. So I would say probably 90% of my client base wears 11 millimeters max. I have a good amount of people that wear 10 millimeters max, and I might have one or two people that I take to 12, but um, I'd say the majority of my clients wear no more than 11. But I think, too, it's, you know, it's a personal preference as far as your design aesthetic goes, but um, I just love short lashes. So, Do you feel like you attract um, more clients that prefer more of a realistic look since that's pretty much what you're posting? I think so. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't get a lot of the clients that come in begging for the long, long lashes, Mm -hmm. but I also feel that I'm very, very big. And I, and I tell this to all of my students, I'm very big on managing expectations. Um, when someone comes in as a new client, I take control over the consultation in a way where And not in a controlling way, but in a way where they don't really have the opportunity to tell me I want my lashes super long. We talk about the look that they're going for, but I make it very clear that, you know, I base the length that I'm going to use on the length of their natural lashes. And we talk about, you know, what can cause damage and why, you know, people make people's lashes get damaged and things like that. So um, I don't get the clients coming in that are asking for the super long lengths. Um, So maybe it's because of the type that I produce and the type of work that I produce and and the photos that I put out there or, you know, the clients that I have and and their friends that they're sending to Mm me. Um, Maybe it's the energy that I put out during my consultation. I'm not really sure, but I'm thankful for it. Um, but I also am not scared to tell somebody no either. Right. I'm not afraid to say, no, I'm not going to do that for you or I can't do that for you. Or you know what, you know, maybe we're not, I'm not the best artist for you if that's what you want, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I'm, I'll, I'll be the first person to say, I'm not going to compromise my integrity um, for a dollar. I agree. Um, So circling back to a moment that clicked for you when you were learning, um, what about for volume? Hmm. I would have to say, I think I had two moments. Um, I've taken a couple volume classes and 
um, I honestly can't even remember much for my first volume class because I was so bad. Oh my gosh. Like, I, I think I don't remember because I don't want to remember. <laughs> um, I think my model left with maybe like five fans that were all closed. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but um, of, I went to Lash Artists International and I think at the time it might have been still called Global Lash Summit a few years ago. And I was sitting there and I had been to a few conferences and I had heard some of the people that were speaking, um, speak in the past and stuff. And in my mind, I thought I knew all of the information that was being delivered or most of the information that was being delivered. So I was kind of like, okay, this is nice. This is fun, you know, but did I really get my money's worth? Like, did I, was this the right choice for me, um, to fly out here and, and spend the money, on this conference. And I don't feel like in my brain at that moment, I didn't really feel like I learned that much, but something happened. Something happened because I went home and something changed in my work and I was better. And I can't say exactly what it was, but there was something that maybe was said that maybe kind of like registered in my subconscious. And when I went home, like I was lashing better, I was fanning better, something definitely changed. So, um, that was one thing that, again, I can't pinpoint exactly what it was that made that change. Um, and then when I took my class with, um, uh, Elena and Trina, um, Maven and lash makers who don't know them by first name, that was, Literally, and I'm not saying this, guys, because they're my friends, but no lie, like that was probably one of the best decisions I have ever made in my career um, to take their class. I'm so glad that they did a joint class. Um, I don't know that I don't want to speak for them, but I don't know if they'll, they'll do something like that again. Um, but it was so, 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 so amazing. Um, and literally changed. Um, I feel like my, my career in general and the way that I lash completely, um, and, and totally made me a better artist for sure. Yeah. Without, you know, giving away, you know, all of their techniques and stuff like that. They're, they're very different artists. Um, they have very, very different curriculums. Um, they're very unique for sure. And, um, I honestly would pay to take them again, individually, together, um, again and again and again. <laughs> it's it's worth the money, for sure. Yes, for sure. Um, so you're a trainer, too. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you decide to start teaching? Um, honestly, you know, I, I felt that, especially in Chicago, um, there's a need a need for, for talent, a need for education. Um, I honestly like, yeah, everybody wants to make money, but I feel like I do it because I care and I really, really want to see people progress. And I really, really want to see people do better. Um, it's something that I'm, I'm really passionate about and 
I just feel like the industry as a whole, maybe not just in Chicago, and maybe that was what led me at first to want to do it, but the industry as a whole needs better standards um, for artists in general. And if I can help make just a little dent in the industry, whether that's four, five, six, ten people, then I feel like I've helped in some way. You know, I don't have to change the world. I don't have to change the whole entire industry. But I think that I just want to help make some sort of an impact. Um, So that's the biggest thing for me is really helping to try and foster and create good artists and um, people that also care about what they're doing. And again, yes, I I want my students to be successful. I want them to make money. Um, But I also want them to care about their work and not just slap on a set to, you know, collect a couple hundred dollars after, you know, they're done with their set. In your classes, what is the most asked question that you get from your students? So one of the most asked questions that I get from students and um, just from people in general is, you know, I get some DMs on on Instagram and stuff from people asking, um, how do I make my sets look fuller? And I think I get this question a lot from newer artists. Um, And the biggest thing that I find with newer artists is always going to be isolation. Um, And I, I even see it on the forums too, right? You know, people will post pictures and they'll be like, oh, how do I get my set to look fuller? You know, I'm lashing every lash, but you zoom in and you can see that all of the lashes aren't lashed. So as a newer artist, because you're not used to um, literally splitting hairs, because that's what we're doing, um, you're not used to looking at these fine, fine details every single day. Um, so I think that because you're not used to looking at that, you can't really see as well as maybe two, three, four, five, six months to a year down the road where now you're used to it. Your eyes are trained to be able to see, you know, these fine, tiny hairs and your, your muscle memory is intact and now your body is trained to be able to do this job. But in the beginning, You can't see all of those hairs. You think you're lashing every single lash. You're not really lashing every single lash. The other thing is with isolation, you might not be isolating 100% perfectly. And so because of that, you might have some stickies and you might have a few lashes that are stuck together. And because there are a few lashes stuck together, you can't get all of the lashes. So they're not as full because you've got a few stickies throughout the set and things like that. So that's the one thing that I feel that, you know, people ask all of the time, but they don't really realize what's happening because either A, they can't really see, you know, where they're going and they can't tell that they haven't lashed all of the lashes or B, perhaps there might be some stickies in there, like preventing them from being able to lash all of the lashes um, properly. Okay, and piggybacking on that, um, is there anything that you look for specifically when you're critiquing work? Um, yeah, clean isolation. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely, uh, I'm a stickler for um, clean isolation. And um, 
placement direction of placement as well. So um, I I don't mind like texture in sets when they're done well and and done right, but I don't like a messy looking set. So um, it's really really um, easy to make a set kind of get a little bit messy if um, you're not really careful. But clean isolation is is the biggest thing for me. I'd rather when if I'm teaching, I would rather see a student put five, you know, really well placed, perfectly isolated lashes than get a hundred lashes on that are poorly isolated and not properly placed. Agree. So what is one of your favorite memories as a lash artist or as a trainer? Um, I would just say in in my career in general, um, last year, well, a few months ago, um, I had the opportunity to go to Russia. And I'd say that was pretty amazing. I don't know if there's anything that's going to be able to top that. Um, but that that was really, really cool. So that's the one thing that sticks out in my mind. Um, when And then the fact that like I got to go to Russia with literally some of the most talented lash artists in the industry. Um, so that just made it, you know, even better. Number one, like Russia's never been like on my list of places that I wanted to travel to or saw myself ever traveling to. Um, so when the opportunity came about, I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to make this happen. And we were there for, um, three days. I think we got there on a Thursday, maybe Thursday, Friday, and we left on Monday. (laughs) Um, so we, we traveled for a really long time to be there for a really short amount of time, but it was nothing short of amazing. Um, and obviously like being there with such an incredible group of women made it, um, even better. So yeah, that was something that that's always going to stay with me. Do you have a failure of yours sometime in your life or in your lash career specifically that, it seems like it was a failure, but ended up turning out well. Yeah. Um, so I want to say um, three years ago, I applied for a job um, with a lash company to be a trainer for them. And I, long story short, I didn't get the job. I was devastated. Like, I literally... I came home from that interview process and I, at that time I was working from home. My husband and I weren't married yet. We were just living together and I was like, I don't want to look at lashes. I don't want to talk about lashes. (laughs) I closed the door to my lash room for a week. I didn't take any clients. I felt like I was going through the worst breakup of my life. I thought my life was over. Like it was tragedy. (laughs) And some of the people that, um, it's funny because I was just, um, last weekend in, um, in Virginia with a girl that was, was with me around that time. And we were talking about this 
so it's funny that this is coming up again, but, um, we were talking about it and how like upset I was over it. And she told me, she was like, you are so lucky and, and so fortunate that they didn't hire you. She's like, I'm happy they didn't hire you. Look at where you are now. And, and I agree because had they hired me, I would have stayed stuck in, in this tiny bubble and never had been able to get out of it. A month later, after that situation, I met um, Janelle from Lash Affair and um, a relationship grew from there and I was able to have opportunities with them and I, through them, I met you and um, there was all of these beautiful relationships formed and so much growth in my career that happened because they told me no. So at the time, yes, I was devastated. I was crushed. I cried and I thought my life was over, but in hindsight, it was, it, it really was that, you know, saying that, you know, one door closes, another one opens. I couldn't see it then, but it, it really, it was, it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I agree with that. Because then I would have maybe not met you whenever I met you. It would have been yeah. later, but for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there, so in the lash industry, I think that there's so many topics that are um, disagreed upon or some topics that are controversial. Do you have anything that maybe you believe to be true that other people believe to be false? Yeah. Um, one, one big thing is, um, allergic reactions and I, you obviously know my stance on this. Um, but a lot of people don't, um, I don't do removals in the event of an allergic reaction. Um, and there's a few reasons why, but typically, um, when someone has an allergic reaction, Nine times out of ten, if they're allergic, um, it's because they're allergic to the adhesive in its liquid state. Um, and once the adhesive fully cures, because we're dealing with basically cyanoacrylate is an acrylic resin. So once the adhesive fully cures, it basically becomes an inert plastic. So it's physically impossible for you to continue to react to the adhesive once it's cured. So what happens is they're reacting to that initial exposure from when the adhesive was still wet when you were doing the application. And once they have that reaction, it will last for up to 72 hours. After those 72 hours, the swelling, the itching, the redness subsides. Now, the reason why I don't remove is because now when we introduce remover, one, it's another chemical near their eyes. And if their eyes are inflamed, itchy red, I don't want to put another chemical near their eyes. Even if it's a cream remover that doesn't really, you know, move too much, gel remover, whatever it is, I don't want to take that risk putting another chemical near their eyes that are already inflamed and irritated. <clears throat> Number two, 
that remover is going to have to do something to that adhesive to break it down and essentially almost reliquifying it. So now you're putting them at a potential risk to react again or continue or prolong the reaction because you're basically reliquifying it when you're using remover around their eyes. So if a client has an allergic reaction and they call me, number one, the first thing that I do is that I ask them, okay, describe your symptoms. I never ask them any leading questions. I don't ask them, are you itchy? Are you swollen? Are you red? I just tell them, describe your symptoms because I want to hear from them what they're dealing with. Um, After they tell me what they're dealing with, okay, they're itchy, they're red, they're swollen. All right send me a photo. I want to see what they look like. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to ever, you know, diagnose them or anything. If they send me a photo and it looks like a reaction, I'll tell them, okay, it looks like a reaction. I'm not going to say 100% yes, you have an allergic reaction because again, I'm not a doctor. But okay, yes. All right. It looks like you're having a reaction. They're going to be freaking out. You have to stay calm. You have to be calm and you have to be confident. They're going to ask you to take them off. I've come into, you know, I've had this situation happen to me a couple of times where a client is literally begging me to remove it. And I'm like, listen, if I take them off, I'm putting you at worse of a risk for you to have more irritation and possibly to prolong the reaction Because of the fact that I've seen this happen before and I have tested this out on people, I know that the reaction stops in three days. Uh, After 72 hours, the reaction is gone. It's their swelling is gone. The itching is gone. The redness is gone. So at that point, do you really want me to remove your lashes? I can take them off for you, but the chance of you reacting again is possible And then I personally don't do refunds so I can remove them, but you're now you're not going to have lashes and you're not going to get your money back and your reaction is gone. So do you really want to take them off? They never want to remove them once the reaction is gone. They'll just wear them until they all fall off and then they won't continue to get them done. So It is something that I think is super controversial in the industry, something that I've tried to talk about on the forums and I've been raked over the coals for. So I no longer even go on there and talk about it um, because I just don't even feel like dealing with people attacking me. Um, But I do talk about it in my classes and I explain it in my classes um, to people. Now, obviously, if if you don't feel comfortable and you want to do a removal, people, you know, can do and, and, you know, conduct their business how they see fit. I've, you know, done this before. It works for me. Also, how many people out there have had clients have allergic reactions and lie to them about it and then come back for their touch-up and their eyes aren't swollen, their eyes aren't itching, their eyes aren't red, and you don't know for months that your client's having an allergic reaction until one day it gets really bad. And then they finally tell you. So I feel like that in and of itself, like proves this theory too. you know, like people go on for for how long having reactions. And obviously the reaction doesn't continue for the whole two, three weeks in between before they have to get their touch up again. It literally lasts up to three days 
and then that's it. Now, that's not to say that you should continue to do the lashes if they're, you know, reacting every single time. I won't. I will try if they react if and they want to try again. I'll try one more time with a clear adhesive to see if they're allergic to the carbon black and not to the cyanoacrylate. And if they react again with the clear, then we're done. You're cut off because I'm not going to put myself at risk and, you know, put the client at risk either um, for potentially like continuing to expose them. Um, but like I said, I'm, I don't do removals for allergic reactions. So I think that is something that's pretty controversial. Some people would probably fight me over it, but it's just me and you here. So mm-hmm. I don't have to. I don't have to fight anybody today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so relating to that, um, I'm sure you've heard about, you know, people talking about the barrier creams and cleansing after appointments. Do you do anything to prevent reactions in the first place? I tried the barrier cream on a client, but she had already had a reaction. So, and I know, you know, from what I know about the barrier cream, it's something that you have to use um, before they ever react Mm -hmm. in order for it to work. Um, and as much as I think that that's great, um, I know myself and I am in a routine and to add another step into my routine, it's probably not going to work. Um, I have tried the cleansing after, um, application on some clients that have reacted previously as well. And unfortunately, they still have reacted. I don't cleanse after every appointment. Um, I do nanomist mm-hmm. just because my clients like the feeling of the cool, um, the coolness of the mister. I personally love the cool feeling of the mister around my eyes because I get really stingy when um, I get my lashes done. I'm pretty sensitive. I actually I haven't had my lashes done in a little while, but I think I'm... Um, I think I might be allergic to, um, when I got to Russia, my eyes were really swollen. So I don't know if it was just the the long plane ride, but I haven't had my lashes done since, uh, November. So, um, I'm going to try again probably in the summer, but we'll see. It'll be a sad, sad day if I am allergic, but, um, I'm going to try with clear and see how that goes. Um, the other thing is that I found out, um, that, that was really interesting. Um, and I read on one of the forums. Uh, so when you have an allergic reaction to lash adhesive, it is, um, the reaction that you're having is a histamine reaction. That's why a lot of people say, Oh, take Benadryl because Benadryl is an antihistamine. Um, there was somebody who discovered that there was a, um, correlation between drinking, drinking red wine and somebody having an allergic reaction. So there are histamines in red wine. So um, I've tried this with a couple people as well that have had allergic reactions. Um, so somebody had somebody had an allergic reaction. She did, figured out that there was something to do with the red wine. She had the client not drink red wine. I think it was either 24 or 48 hours before her appointment and after her appointment. The client stopped reacting. Something in the histamines in the red wine was triggering her to have an allergic reaction when she was um, going to get her lashes done if she was drinking uh, wine too close to her appointment, which is so, so crazy. That is crazy. Um, 
yeah, but so I thought that was super, super interesting. Uh, so I always make a point to bring that up too when I'm like talking about the allergic reaction thing. And I, I, if I have, you know, somebody that has an allergic reaction and allergic reactions are really, really rare. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I may have had like five over the course of my entire career. So that's like once a year. Um, but I do, if I have it, I, I go over the red wine thing and I say, okay, don't drink any red wine. We'll try one more time. We'll try with a clear, you know, but I've never found like a magic fix. Um, I've tried a bunch of different things, you know, and on clients that were willing to try again, you know, I've had a couple that were not willing to try again. Um, and that's obviously okay, but I haven't been able to have somebody come back and I've been like, yay, we've solved the mystery. And they were magically cured, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, over the counter stuff, I haven't seen anything work either, but, um, we actually pink ladies right next to an eye doctor and they will prescribe, um, of course, like obviously if you go into any doctor with an allergic reaction, they can prescribe you something. Um, they, obviously we'll prescribe like a steroid drop or steroid ointment. And we've had some clients actually continue with getting extensions as long as they put the drop or ointment on before their appointment and they continue with lashes and they don't react. So I'm, I'm, it's crazy because like, I'm, um, (laughs) I don't know why don't judge me, but I like want somebody else to have a reaction so I can have them test that theory. Cause you told me about that steroid a long time ago. Um, I had a client that had a reaction and I told her about it, but she didn't want to do it Mm -hmm. and she just wanted to stop getting them done. So I was like, ah, but I think that if the next time I get my lashes done, I react or if I am allergic, um, I think I'm going to try it. Yeah, you should. So I'll be a guinea pig. Yes. Um, okay. So some of these last questions that I have, um, don't necessarily have to be about lashing but they can be um so what does a typical day look like for you morning to evening I guess that depends on where I am (laughs) (laughs) um if I am in Chicago working um I wake up around any time from like 7, 7.30, if my body hates me that day, sometimes it'll wake me up at 6, 6.30 um, before my alarm. And I lay in bed for a good 45 minutes before I get up, get up, shower, get dressed, go into um, the office. And I like to be at work uh, at least like 45 minutes to an hour before my first client. I'm a super, super weirdo and I have a lot of OCD. So I need to be there well, well, well before my client, even if I set up my workspace at night before I leave. Um, I just like to get in, relax, breathe, just sit at my computer, sit sit at my desk in front of my computer and just kind of, you know, clear my mind and get my brain set for the day. Um, And uh, this is really bad. I usually don't leave until like 10, sometimes 11 o'clock at night. Um, even if I finish my clients around like 7.38 on a good day, I just linger at work for hours after I'm done with clients. Mm. But 
I don't mind. Like, I like it. Like, I sit at my desk and I just get stuff done. And that, that's actually when I'm the most productive um, at night after I finish clients, when I'm by myself, just have the music on and I'm really laser focused. And I look up at the clock and I'm like, oh shit, it's 11 o'clock. I got to go. <laughs> like, I have to get up tomorrow and do this all over again. So um, that's what my days usually look like when I'm like in Chicago and I'm working and when I'm home, my days consist of me getting up and literally probably staying in my pajamas most of the day and being on my computer all day long, just working until my husband comes home and he's like, you haven't moved from that spot. And I'm like, oh yeah, (laughs) let me get up oh yeah, I haven't eaten today. Let me eat something. Let me take a shower and not be gross. Um, So yeah, I guess I would say most of my days consist of work all the time. I'm trying to work on that. (laughs) Trying to be better about that. So you work how many days out of the month since you work in a completely different city? You have to fly to work basically. Um, so I used to, it's hard to say because my schedule kind of changes all the time. So I used to go to Chicago for a full seven days and then, um, I would come home for, in my mind, I would tell myself I was coming home for two weeks and then go to Chicago for one, but that never, ever happened. Um, and I would literally be gone all the time. But right now, my schedule looks more like in Chicago for two weeks, home for one week. And when I'm in Chicago for those two weeks, I pretty much take clients almost every day. Um, But I'll try to take one day off um, so that I don't want to die. Right. And <laughs> you must have to train your clients really well, you know, because they have to basically wait for you to come back to get. Yeah. Back. So when I moved, um, they knew like, OK, I'm moving um, because I used to live in Chicago and I built my business there. And then we moved to California and I decided I was going to keep going back and forth. So um, when I left, I was like, all right, everybody has to come in at three week intervals, plain and simple. You donm- don't have any other option. Um, and so they knew that and they were okay with that. Sometimes I come in a little sooner and they, they come in sooner. Sometimes every now and then I come in at four weeks and I dread when I come in at four weeks because that makes my job harder. Um, but I never penalize them for that. If, you know, they can't help it. If they lost more lashes, it's my fault. So I give them more and I don't charge them extra for it. But, um, right now I'm, I'm in a little bit of a sweet spot um, coming there and staying for two weeks. Cause I have a little bit more flexibility for them, um, than when I was only coming for seven days. So you work a lot. Um, yeah. Do you have any passions like outside of work? My husband would probably tell you no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I really, I'm, I'm really working like, so this year I told myself that I was going to work really hard to, to make more time for myself and make more time for my friends and for my family. And I've been really hard, trying hard to do that. You know, I've gone already like on 
one vacation and then I've gone to go see my family twice since I committed to this. Um, and then like, since I've been home, I was gone for a month. I actually left the end of January and I just came back home a couple days ago and I'm actually leaving on a flight tomorrow morning. So I didn't see my husband for over 30 days. So when I came home this trip, I was like, all right, we have to make it a point to, you know, go to dinner like two, three times while I'm here. And it's rare. Like you'll ask my husband like that I even, I would come home and I didn't want to leave my house because I would be gone all the time. So mm-hmm. I'll be like, I, I just want to stay home. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to go out to eat. I, you know, I eat out every day. I just want to stay in my house. Um, but I also had to realize that that's not fair, you know, to him. So I have to, you know, be more present. And so now I'm trying really hard to, to like, make sure that I put my family um, first to, you know, um, put myself first a little bit more. So, and I guess aside from like, you know, other things, like my family is something that I'm, I'm super passionate about. I love my family and, um, I would do anything for them. I just don't have as much time as I would like. So I'm trying really, really hard to just be present and make more time for them. And when I am with them to really, really be with them outside of that, Um, I really love music, something that I guess not a lot of people know. I used to sing um, when I was young. I don't sing anymore, but um, I actually like recorded music and stuff like that. But I was so shy back then. So that was never going to be like a career option Mm -hmm. for me, even though like my mom was kind of a stage mom and wanted that to be a career for me. Um, But I really, really love music. Like I, I guess so. If I had to choose one thing outside of lashes, I would probably say music. Like, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't ever listen to music again. Um, and I, I think it's weird. Like, my husband's not very into music at all. He, he would rather listen to, like, talk radio. And I'm like, oh, what's wrong with you? Like, you don't want to hear music? Like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. So, um, but I think it is something that I'm super passionate about. Like, I find myself, like, I just listen to music all the time. And I really get kind of lost in it. Um, so if I had to say one thing, that was one of the questions that I kind of like was like, Oh, how am I going to answer this? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've like live, breathe, eat, sleep, lashes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, do you do anything for personal growth? Like, do you listen to any podcasts or read books or meditate? Um, so I, Oh, I listen to your podcast now. (laughs) Hello. <laughs> um, I um, typically though can't do like an audio book. I lose focus. Mm-hmm. I have to really, really be interested in the topic to not like just completely fall off whatever it is that I'm listening to. Um, but I love to read. So, but I learned about myself though. I bought a couple of audio books and I literally like within a couple of minutes, I stopped listening. So I was like, all right, yeah, that was a waste. I was really hoping that I could like listen to audiobooks while I was lashing and stuff like that. No, nah, not happening. But I do love reading. I get into, you know, little, um, just like little spouts where like I read a lot and then I stop reading for a little while. I guess I get into little binges almost like, you know, some people like binge watch TV, like I binge read and I'll get into a book and then I want to read like three books back to back. Um, so right now, or 
I've been trying to finish this book for a little while. I'm in a non-reading phase right now um, called Get Your Shit Together by this author um, named Sarah, Sarah Knight. And she also has two other books that she wrote, um, one of them called The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck and another one called You Do You. So I'm really excited to get into those books after I finish Get Your Shit Together because I really do need to get mine together. (laughs) So once I finish that book, um, and those of you guys listening that know I've been trying to read that book for a few months, leave me alone. Don't judge me. I swear. Maybe I should finish it on the plane tomorrow. Um, I will get it done, and then I'm going to start the other two. But yeah, I I love reading, and um, sometimes I get into where I'm just reading fiction books, but um, I do love to read for sure. I was smiling as you were saying all of that because I'm the exact same way about binge reading. I knew exactly what you were talking about. Um, yeah. So um, what is a product or products that you can't lash without? Um, so I'm going to go like away from the typical like oh this tweezer or these lashes or this adhesive um and say um aside from the obvious a yoga block um I absolutely have to have an elevated workspace I lash on a tile and I can't have my tile laying on the bed um next to my client uh because I have like vision issues and and stuff like that I'll make this one short because I'm a talker and all of my answers are long-winded but anyway um I used to use um something called a a lash bed that I got at my first volume training um but it was a little bit cumbersome because it was too big and then I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was Trina that I saw using um a yoga block um for elevating the the last child. And I was like, Oh my gosh, duh, that's genius. So ever since I saw that I started using a yoga block as well, cause it's a little bit slimmer than, um, the, the bed that I was using, I started using a tissue box for a little while, but it wasn't heavy enough. Mm-hmm. So it was like kind of flopping around and stuff like that. Um, but the yoga block literally life saver totally, um, makes my whole entire life a million times easier. What is a recent purchase for less than a hundred dollars that you feel has improved your life in some way? So, um, right before or around Christmas time, I found this planner that isn't quite a like daily planner or calendar, but, um, it's called uh, power sheets by this company, I believe the name is Cultivate What Matters, or at least that's what their their website is. But it's basically um, a goal planner. Um, and it's called an intentional goal planner. And um, I feel like it's really helped me to sit down and focus on what I want to do with my business and where I want to take it and where I want to go with my career. I haven't always been the type of person to set goals for myself because they kind of scare me. And I've always said to myself, if I set this goal and I don't achieve it or I don't accomplish it, then 
I've failed at something. So I typically stray away from setting goals and just say, I want to accomplish this one day and don't give myself a definitive deadline. So eventually I do end up accomplishing those things, but not within um, a specific time frame or anything like that. So I feel like this planner has really, really helped me to kind of put definitive deadlines on myself and really kind of lay out and map out where um, I want to go. And what I really liked as well is that it asks you some really provoking questions in the beginning before you even dive in to your goal setting. Um, So it kind of asks you certain things like what are you afraid of and why haven't you started to um, accomplish some of the goals that you might want to achieve. It also asks you um, some questions about who is important in your life, why are they important, who are you grateful for, and that was like one of my favorite parts of the um, initial stages of the planner when it asked me who am I grateful for and why, and it really just forced me to sit back and think about all of the um, people that I have in my life. And um, it just made me feel really, really fortunate to have some really amazing, supportive friends and family in my life. So the planner was only um, $55. And when I found it online, um, I asked my husband to get it for me for Christmas. So he did. And um, I guess technically I didn't buy it for myself, but um, it was a purchase under $100 that I feel like has really um, been impactful for me. I love that. And it's called Power Sheets? Yes. Cool. Okay. So last question. Um, What are some words that you live by? I would say um, live your life with integrity. Uh, There's a quote from Oprah that I really love that says, real integrity is doing the right thing, knowing that nobody is going to know whether you did it or not. Um, And that's really how I try to live my life. Uh, I might not always do the right thing, but I try really, really hard to do right by people and not cause harm. Uh, The other thing is that honesty always goes a really, really long way with me. I don't care if you're the best lash artist, if you have a ton of money, if you look a certain way, but um, for me, it's all about your heart and your intentions. Um, And I really try hard to surround myself with people who are really pure and have good intentions. Um, I can usually see pretty easily who's who if someone has good intentions or they're just trying to get something out of a certain situation. And that being said, I've been doing a little bit of research um, in the past few months, and I I think that I'm an empath. I know that I saw you um, say something about that recently, but the more that I look into it and the more that I think about it, I think that that touches like um, pretty deeply with me. So I think that that's also part of the reason why, you know, integrity and honesty is, is so important to me. Um, but of course, as I digress, the point being is just be a decent human. Um, don't step on each other's toes, you know, steal each other's ideas or copy other people. I, I truly believe there's enough room for all of us to make it, um, and just, you know, be good and do good. And how can 
we get in touch with you after this? So the best way to contact me, I would say, is via email. Um, my email address is listed in my Instagram bio. Um, I do sometimes go in and check through my DMs. So you can DM me, but it's not always the best way to get a response from me quickly. Um, just because, you know, Instagram filters those things out. And if I'm not checking it daily, I get, um, a little behind on that. And I feel really bad if, you know, somebody's DM has been sitting in there for a week or something like that. So I try really hard to check it and, and to be on top of it, but email is always going to be the best way to um, get in touch with me. And um, my email is linked to my Instagram, which is Lash Chronicles. All right. So thank you so much for tuning in today with Crystal and I. If you enjoyed this interview, there will be many more just like it. So make sure that you subscribe. Every other Thursday, you will find me here discussing all things lashes with a new Lash Boss. Lash Boss Radio is now also on Instagram. So make sure you give that a follow. uh, And I will talk to y'all soon.